This episode of Pub Talk Live was broadcast on March 28, 2020, with guest co-host Nora Shalloway-Carpenter and special guest Amanda Quain. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the 20, March 28th episode of Pub Talk Live, the live publishing talk show airing the second and fourth Saturday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern. I am your host, Sarah Nicholas. I'm a young adult author, a board member, and agent liaison for Pitch Wars and a library event planner. Uh, you, can uh, you can subscribe to reminders via email by clicking on the link in the description so you don't miss a show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pub Talk Live. And if you'd like to support the show, you can find a link to the Patreon near the end of the video description down below. And this week, I am finally, after a month of weird episodes, returning to um, our regular um, layout, our regular event, our regular show. Um, and so I have a, a go guest co-host today and also a, a special guest. Um, so two episodes ago, we were at Coastal Magic Convention. We did a live from Coastal Magic Convention episode. And then last week, I was supposed to host the Orlando Book Festival, which ultimately got canceled, but we did pre-record that episode with Lily Mead. So make sure you go back and check those out if you haven't already. So now I'm going to bring on my guest co-host. Nora Shalloway Carpenter holds an MFA in writing for children and young adults from Vermont College of Fine Arts. Her Kirkus star debut, The Edge of Anything, just came out on March 24th from Running Press. She's also the contributing editor of the forthcoming Rural Voices Anthology, releasing October 13th from Candlewick, and author of the picture book Yoga Frog. She currently lives in Asheville, North Carolina. Hi, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, um, great. Oh, cool. We have uh, oh, yeah. Hi, comments. Hi, <laughs> Hey, Jay. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, let's see if anybody else is here and wants to say hi. Well, oh, <laughs> Jen. <laughs> so Jennifer messaged me last week and she's like, oh my God, I missed the last episode. When is it? And I was like, well, it's pre-recorded. <laughs> so she's like, okay, next time. Um, so cool. Happy to see you here, Jen. Okay, so today's viewer poll, and I'm going to drop that link in the comments in case you haven't voted on it yet, um, is have you been either more productive, less productive, or about the same level of productive in the time of hashtag COVID-19 compared to before this whole mess started? Um, and I wanted to do that poll because I was seeing a lot of kind of like dialogue around that topic. Like some people are like, oh, you have time, write that novel. And other people are like, the pandemic is not a writing retreat. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really interested to see who is having lots of extra time. Uh, yeah. Maybe if you don't have small children. <laughs> yeah. I don't have children. I'm still not very productive. Yeah. During a global pandemic. It's so. also just scary and yeah. stressful. But yeah, some people are uh, seem to be cranking out the words. I don't know. Hi, everyone. It's so great to see everybody joining us. Hey, Ebony. <laughs> Ebony is here. Cool. Thanks for joining us. Um, oh, Amanda says she can't hear you, Nora. I can hear you, though. Can everyone else hear Nora? Oh, no. 
Well, it, it takes like about 15 seconds where there's like a little bit of delay. So okay. um, we'll see the answer coming in in just a minute. Uh, so even though I said that, okay, yes, they can hear you. Hmm, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Amanda then. That's weird. Ebony said, I've been ridiculously oh, productive. Good uh, for you, Ebony. That's awesome. Wow. It helps with uh, my anxiety. I understand that. Sometimes throwing yourself into it. I've been like really reading. That uh, is one yeah. thing that I. I feel like I've been doing like extra things. Like I'm helping with Everywhere Book Fest and, yeah. mm -hmm. and some other like online events. And I feel like I've been doing those things rather than writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing like so much like just promo and stuff because. Like everyone else, oh. all my events got canceled. Yeah, your book just came um, out. Yeah. yeah. So it's just been like a crazy time. So just a lot of like virtual opportunities that came up and that's just a whole different kind of work. But in terms of um, writing, it's just not happening for me right now. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jennifer said, I've been about the same, some different things, but about the same quantity of things. Jennifer actually plans an event called Coastal Magic Convention that takes place every February. And I know okay. she's been struggling with the concept of like reaching out to authors and planning events in this weird time. Oh, they're probably would be really excited to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> I think every time people reach out to me, I'm like, yes, let's connect. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So even though we're returning to kind of normal format, it's definitely not going to be a normal kind of episode because there really is only one big piece of news and that's the same pe big piece of news that is, everywhere. <laughs> and that is, of course, COVID-19 and, and the related fallout. So we're going to be talking about a couple things um, that have been happening in the book industry related to that. Some booksellers are closing their doors and laying off employees. Amazon is laying shipments. Some publishers have already pushed back publication dates. Um, book Expo is delayed until July, but all big five publishers have already pulled out of the rescheduled event. And uh, Barnes & Noble has closed the doors of 400 of its stores. Um, but through all this, Ingram has promised to help out as best they can for as long as they can. Um, and I, I don't know how many people know this, but Ingram is basically the major distribution channel for book retailers. Um, not necessarily academic or libraries, but for book retailers, they're, they're the, big, the big one. Um, so, And yeah. I... Um just talking to one of my good friends is a librarian at um, a high school, high school librarian. And she's saying that like, they can't even, you know, because um, I guess some people are like, oh, well, the books will be, at least they'll be like there at the school when the school's open next fall. And she's like, uh, we can't order any books. <laughs> like they're yeah. not like, we can't get anything. So it's just, it's, it's just having a really big impact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's and see. I, I see that Jennifer says some are too in the moment to think of next February. And that makes sense. Yeah. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff that's being, um, you know, put together everywhere book fest. Like that's super exciting. And a lot of people are working so hard on that. So, but yeah, yeah. some are craving the idea of after I'm looking forward to the after for sure. <laughs> for sure. Tamara has oh, joined covers. us. I know. I um I was telling them about before about when y'all named yourselves and I was just so happy and proud and I love it. Um Baker and Taylor are only doing educational now. Yeah, they um stopped doing retail distribution. 
a couple of months ago. Um, so that it was Baker and Taylor and Ingram were the big two, and now it's basically Ingram. Though a lot of publishers, we talked about this in a couple episodes ago, so if you want to go back and watch that, um, but a couple of the publishers are also like ramping up their distribution efforts as well to kind of make up for that, but it's still pretty much Ingram. Um, and <laughs> hey, have any, any sightings on the cup today? So I'm going to fake y'all out because I actually have two cups today. Usually I only drink water, so I have my read more books cup, um, which y'all know I'm a fan of, right? And and then I have another drink. <laughs> it's a Sweetwater Brewing in Atlanta. And uh, this is a gin and tonic, folks, because this has been a week. I wish I'd have known. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I don't drink on the show, but um, yeah. I'm sure about the rules. <laughs> I mean, if you, you can put anything in a coffee cup, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, connected to that, um, the American Library Association canceled its annual conference, originally scheduled to start June 25th in Chicago. This is a really big deal. It's the first time in 75 years they've canceled this event. The last time was um, at the end when World War II was ending. So, um, and it is not yet clear whether they will refund um, the people that have registered yet, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of events are struggling with like their, their insurance. They have event insurance and they're not really sure okay. what it covers. So, um, yeah, like what does that, like, what does that mean? Like, what, you can buy insurance for different things. Um, I know that uh, PAX East, there was this, specifically PAX East, people were talking about they actually didn't do the optional insurance for um, communicable diseases or whatever. And so their, their insurance didn't cover them canceling the event because they specifically didn't have that coverage. Wow. Um, a couple comments I want to address. <laughs> Jennifer said, don't kill anyone. <laughs> so... Sorry, story here. <laughs> yeah, at a Coastal Magic Convention in February, um, we had a murder mystery party that was 1920s, um, like jazz club themed. Mm -hmm. And it turns out I was the murderer, which I was very <laughs> excited about. Yes, that's the best role. But it also turns out that the murder weapon was a gin bottle. And I had literally been drinking gin and tonics for two hours. And I did not know because you don't find out until what the murder weapon is. So I, I didn't even know that the murder uh, weapon was a gin bottle. You but, just were really into the character. That's what yeah. you said. <laughs> <laughs> you get really seriously. I was super guilty and I didn't know it. Jay said, I usually write at cafes, but now I can't. What do I do? I need. Oh, me too, Jay. Me too. So I'll tell you I, what I used to do a lot and I'm probably going to have to end up doing again because like I'm a pretty hardcore introvert or extrovert, I mean, um, and I really, really love just like being around people. But I also write my most productive writing time is at like midnight. So I can't go to most coffee shops and stuff. What I used to do was I would put the TV on, usually like Law and Order or something that I didn't like really care about, you know. And then I would also put music on and just like the mix of having like the people talking and the music kind of like made me feel less alone. Yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. All right. Um, <laughs> make a lot of dance by a window if possible. That might help. 
Uh, all right, moving on to the next piece of news. We're just like, I think we're all kind of loopy today. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so a lot of publishers, especially children's publishers, have relaxed their for fair use policies to allow teachers and librarians and others to host virtual story times. Each publisher has different guidelines though, so make sure to check those before filming. Mm -hmm. um, and I think most of them are supposed to, they either do live events, right, that then expire, or if they're recorded, they have to be taken down like after June, right? Yeah, the deal? Yeah, a lot of them have rules like that, or um, it has to be like a limited, like not so everyone can see it or something like that. Yeah. Um, have, have you done any recordings? For the library? Yeah, uh, like not, reading your stuff or on social no, media or anything not like that. reading my stuff. That was one thing I wanted to mention, though. Um, so a lot of people are talking about authors giving permission, but actually most authors, traditionally published authors, don't actually have the ability to give this permission because their copyright is licensed to their publisher. So it's actually the publisher, in most cases, who has to give the permission. Um, most authors have something in their contract that says they can share up to a certain amount of words on their own and they can do that. Um, and so if you're like yelling at an author because you can't read their book, you're yelling at the wrong person. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Jay, the problem isn't being alone. It's my dog who doesn't let me write at home. <laughs> I get it. I have three children that don't leave me alone. Oh no, that's, that's <laughs> totally worse. <laughs> it's, really the, it's really the toddler. The, the two-year-old, she can't be reasoned with. <laughs> yeah, my cat sometimes just decides she wants just, to be on mm -hmm. my keyboard. Um, yeah, they will. We have a cat, too. And yeah. She just jumps right up on my laptop. It's crazy. Um, yeah, and also, even if a publisher is given you permission for the story time or whatever, that doesn't mean, like, all copyright laws have been suspended, which we're going to talk about a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, if you you have some good news oh. for us. Yeah, I do. This yeah. is really exciting. Um, so, yeah. So, NaNoWriMo has launched Stay Home Rimo with not only writing challenges, but also with challenges to support your physical, mental, and social well-being. And I love – I printed out one of the um, – one of the pages so you can oh, kind cool. of see like the way they do it. And I love it because um, it's a self-care checklist. So it starts with mental well-being. So like the first one, day one, put your phone in a drawer for half an hour and give yourself a break from the news and social media. And I was like, yes, right? Like that, yeah. I tell myself that's what I need to do every day. And then I'm just like obsessively on there, like not being productive and getting all worked up. Um, but that's so good. And then like there's a writing prompt for creative well-being. There's a social well-being, um, so like how you can connect while we're in isolation, and then a physical well-being. And they're not like work out for 30 minutes. Like yeah. they're just like really small. Everyone can do them. Just take a couple deep breaths, you know, or something for one or two minutes. So I I was really impressed with this. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, I get the emails and I've been, um, so I've been like kind of scanning. I'm not like actively participating, but I'm like scanning okay. them, you know, yeah. every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is, um, I did when I was at work um, last week when kind of everything started escalating. Yo-Yo um, Ma had posted a video of him performing a song on Twitter. And I don't know why, but I was just like, I was like, okay, let's play this. And I sat back and like didn't look at my screen for two minutes. And just like that two minutes was, was uh, the, you know, super relaxing. And just like, I, 
I got to be in my own head for a minute, you know? Yeah. So No, it's amazing. Like now I've started to leave my phone at home when I take my dog on a walk mm -hmm. or if my kids are joining me. And I mean, usually I'm like, oh, what if there's an emergency? I need to have my phone. But I mean, everyone's like with me and we lived without phones before. So I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. We'll do this 15 minute walk. And I always feel so much better, you know, mm -hmm. like not tethered to the phone. I just, the constant barrage of bad news is really suffocating sometimes for sure. Yeah, I am. Um, I've been watching more Netflix than usual. <laughs> I Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally, I Skyped with my nieces right before this, and my nieces are five and one. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, similar. <laughs> and Alice, the oldest, like, she was just, like, out of control, just, like, showing me her foot and, like, wouldn't answer any of my questions. And her mom looked at me, and I was like, oh, <laughs> you've been dealing with this for a while. It is. I, I was yeah. like, I have to go. I'm going to be on TV. And she's like, you're going to be on TV? And I was like, yeah. Because you know, she didn't know what you, well, she knows what YouTube is, but right. she didn't really understand. Right. And uh, and she's like, can I watch? And I was like, yeah, but it's going to be super boring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my husband had to put all the kids to bed tonight. And so, like, two of them were crying. And they're like, we don't understand why we can't come into your office. And I'm like, <laughs> please, just, <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. It's good so to be around them. Yeah. For a while, right? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Usually I get a little bit of a break. And now it's just. Furious Fiction is a good event held on the first Friday of every month that helps to, to helps me to refocus. Oh, I don't know that one. Do you yeah, know that I don't one? know that you one either. Mm -mm. Oh, Tamara, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, drop us a link or something. Yeah. Um, it was, oh, Jay said, irony is that I was about to attempt writing, then your show started, so now I get to blame you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We'll call it education. This is yeah. education, so it's That's part right. of writing. It's writing related. So in addition to NaNoWriMo, a lot of um, other places are doing kind of things to to help, you know, lessen the impact of, of everything that's going on. Um, and Publishers Weekly has a roundup of resources KidLit publishers and authors have released to assist with children stuck at home. There you go, Nora. Um, yeah. The New York Times also did a roundup of authors posting additional children's content. You can find both of those links in the description later tonight, along with the links from um, Publishers Weekly on Kidlit books and industry events affected by the coronavirus. So we're gonna there's gonna be a whole bunch of links right there. Um, and so if you're interested in checking all those out, you can like you know click on those. If this is your first time watching the show, every news item that we talk about, I drop the link in the description after we are done, so you can read more about each of the items if you want to. Um, and so that's gonna be included in that list. But that's just gonna be a whole bunch of links on one thing. So yeah. And basically, just know that every book published from, like, March until June is affected by this event. Yeah. <laughs> or by by this virus. It's unprecedented. Um, one thing that I participated in last week that is just so awesome is the, the weekly Twitter chat that Amy Kaufman has been doing. Um, it's every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And... Um, the hashtag is kid Lit goes viral 
And it was really great. Like I loved connecting with the other authors that were doing it and with the readers that were jumping on there. Like I'm going to be doing it again on Monday just to like support my fellow debuts and because it was so much fun. So I highly recommend that. Um, Amy is just amazing for, she has so much going on right now. And um, it's just amazing that she's helping debut authors in this way. So highly recommend checking out hashtag kidlet goes viral. I can type this out if y'all want to see it. Um, Mondays are usually my volleyball nights. <gasps> you play volleyball? Yeah. <laughs> I love volleyball. <laughs> one of the characters in The Edge of Anything is a volleyball star. Oh, that's great. One of the characters yes. in Keeping Her Secret is on a volleyball scholarship. Now I'm going to go to the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I won't I won't be playing volleyball for the foreseeable future. So um yeah. I can do this instead. Yay, I Yay. guess. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I just see the the door that's opening. That the door that's opening when one door closes. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so the uh, this is what we're going to talk about, and th this is why my Twitter mentions are currently exploding. Um, yeah. The Internet Archive, which many of you may know because it archives websites, um, has magically granted itself emergency copyright powers and made all the books in their database free to everyone. Some of these books are there legally, a lot of them are public domain, but a lot of them are not. Um, and anyone can upload a book and they have been uploaded, uh, scanned, and our pirated copies. Um, they had a massive PR campaign with sites like NPR and the New Yorker and Vox promoting this as a good thing. Um, and many in the industry are pushing back and saying this will do a lot of harm to authors, publishers, and booksellers. I can't believe they got like NPR involved. Did you hear any of that? Like, what were they? Yeah. Just, like, how how did they scam everyone? Like, how uh, well, like if you read if you read the articles. Um, it does like sound like a good thing until you realize that some of the books on this website are not there in any way in any way legally. Like they um, they haven't licensed any copies. In many cases, it's a user who has literally scanned a physical copy of a book and uploaded it. Um, one author was saying that the Target version of her book was uploaded, so there's no way that's legal because only right. Target has the the permission to distribute that. Oh my gosh. Um, and so people are, I tweeted about it and got, um, uh, I don't know, a hundred plus retweets. And now people are arguing with me about whether or not authors should get paid for their books. Um, what? I'm, just, I'm just blocking everyone. So <laughs> just like random people? It's like Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Wow. Yeah. Nice. It's always fun. I feel like every couple of months, like authors have to like defend their right to be paid for their work, however small we are paid to do. Right. Um, I mean, but, people just don't even understand. Well, I think the article says right that the medium earnings is like twenty thousand a year for authors, which I think is inflated. It isn't like I feel like I've seen ten thousand before too. I don't know yeah, if that's well, that, it, but um, yeah, but it's not a lot. <laughs> But that's of course like that's from probably. the author's guild, so that's probably like a a, a uh, what's it called like a poll of the author's guild authors. Oh, okay. Um, again, it said the the average salary for an author, a traditionally published author, is twenty thousand, but it, the median is around six thousand, which oh means gosh. 
And for anyone who doesn't really understand statistics, which means that there are a couple authors who are making millions of dollars who are bringing up that average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, if you only want to read James Patterson books for the rest of your life, then fine, keep pirating because other authors aren't gonna be able to survive if they're not able to sell books. Yeah. So yeah, that's super fun. Let's move yes. on. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. All right. Um, So this is interesting. Uh, According to The Guardian, paperback fiction sales were up 35% last week. Total physical book sales in the UK jumped 6% in the week. um, And noting a 212% growth in volume sales for home learning titles. So all this stuff like really makes a lot of sense. 77% book boost for school textbooks and study guides and a 35% week-on-week boost for paperback fiction, which is all driven by supermarket shoppers. Um, Arts and craft book sales were also up by 38% week-on-week. Adult nonfiction, however, was down by 13% as readers sought solace in imaginary worlds. One thing that I um, thought was interesting, too, is that a couple articles that I've seen talked about how people they're like oh now we have time and we're gonna go read all these classic books that we've never and I'm like let's read some new books (laughs) you don't need to read all these people that are dead they don't need you to read them right now but um yeah (laughs) it's just my own little thing (laughs) yeah um yeah a lot of people um I think when they realize like their kids gonna we're gonna be home for a while they kind of uh, like they did everything else, panic bot. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Well, because I can imagine, especially like I'm thinking about me as a kid. Um, I was a voracious reader as a child. Yeah. And if my parents suddenly had to have me home for weeks on end, they definitely, I mean, that would have been the number one way to entertain me as a kid. So, well, I mean, it's really hard too with the libraries being closed which you know for a good thing that's a good thing but I mean like my five-year-old is in the middle of um, a chapter book series that he loves and I've been ordering him oh. book after book but uh, uh-huh. I mean, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like ah uh, you know we can't just buy all of these new books yeah <laughs> try to um yeah so but definitely I've bought I've bought a lot of books in the last two weeks like trying to support bookstore indie bookstores and authors but also mm-hmm. just because the library is shut down and that's what I do with my kids <laughs> you know like if we can't be outside we're reading yeah. yeah um I was gonna say oh yeah I was talking to my niece um before the show and she was like what are you gonna be talking about on tv and I was like books and she's like oh I love books and her mom Aww. says what's your favorite book and she's like the long one <laughs> a long one. But it's because like they read before bed and so the longer the book is, yeah. <laughs> like the later she has to go. To yeah. Bed. Our bedtime, so I have three kids and our bedtime, it's it takes like an hour and a half to get everyone to bed because we everyone gets their own individual story time. Yeah. Because that's important, but that's a you know, that's a lot. So oh that's great. Um Chuck Wendig just um NPR. Yeah, yeah I, I replied to one of his comments, and that's the re, that's the problem. I mean, that's why I'm getting so many replies, also in my okay. 
is uh, so Chuck. Chuck is actually a friend of mine, um, oh, and I cool. I really like him. And but every time he retweets me, I just like brace for impact because I feel like he has people who follow him who just like love to argue. Uh, um, and so <laughs> yeah. Um, Vanessa, I love your niece. I love her too. She also told me she really likes a story called Butterfly in Butterland. And it's about a butterfly who lives somewhere where everything is made out of butter, but then the butter turns into chocolate chips. Pretty sure she made that up. <laughs> Maybe she Pretty can sure write it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she I'm, can write it one day. I was like, I'm going to have her on as like an expert one day. Yeah. Um, so okay. Time, Time Magazine, if you're interested in connecting with more people about books, um, they have a list of 10 virtual book clubs you can join. And they also provide gui guidance about how you can start your own. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm going to have that link down below so you can find it if you want. Um, but I know a lot of people are doing virtual book clubs right now. So if you're looking for one, go for it. Yeah, there were a lot listed on there. Mm -hmm. um, all right. We're running out of time here. So, <laughs> so Audible announced it is temporarily raising author royalties on ACX audiobooks by 5% through April, May, and June for all sales on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. So that's good news. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, oh, that's good. Authors will make more money. And also for the people who do royalty share, um, they split that 5%. So 2.5% will go to the author and 2.5% to the narrator. Uh, but then the other side of me that never trusts anything Amazon does um, was like, are they just doing this to increase this, their market share? Like, are, are they doing this so authors promote, you know, their Amazon titles more? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean... Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Very true. All right. And the last piece of news we have is actually the only non-COVID related news. Yeah. Um, but it's also bad news. So we talked about last episode how Hachette had dropped Woody Allen's memoir after protests, including walkout protests from the employees. Um, but since then, Skyhorse, which is a smaller um, but still... Uh, well-known publisher has picked it up and has already published it. It was put up on online on Monday. There will be a print run of seventy-five thousand hardcover copies, priced at thirty dollars each. Um, I should also mention that Skyhorse recently laid off yes. about a third of their employees after their employees um, asked to form a union. So. Whoa! I'm not, I didn't know that part about it. Yikes! Not, not looking so great right now, Skyhorse. I don't know what's going on there. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna move on because that sucks. Yeah. That's <laughs> that was like shocking and and just I can't believe that happened. Yeah. They I literally announced it and then released it. Like it was. Um, yeah. It was something. They're like, well, we already fired all our employees, so they can't walk out on us like they did at Shed, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But it makes me feel like they must have just, like, gone right after him, you know, to get it done that yeah. fast. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really, ugh. Yeah. yeah. All right, so now we get to bring on Amanda Quain. I mean, Amanda Quain is a bookseller based in Arlington, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. She runs the social media accounts for One More Page Books, so if you like weird videos and dog pictures, she's your girl. Her reading tastes ran the gamut from YA contemporary to adult speculative to romance to cookbooks to sports memoirs. And she recommends books like it's her job because it is. 
So please welcome the show, Amanda. Hello. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, I can't hear her either. <laughs> oh, no. Ah! <laughs> she fixed the problem where she couldn't hear you, but now we can't hear her. Oh, no. Um, try unplugging. Oh, maybe it's an ear pods thing. Hmm? I don't know. Oh, I don't know what you're saying. Can you hear us? Okay, you can hear us. Hear um, can you disconnect your ear pods? That might be like from your phone. <laughs> Sorry. We <laughs> tested this before. I swear it works. <laughs> oh, I'm hearing something. Yeah, I heard something too. Click. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. There's like a weird sound. What is it? Are you hearing that? <laughs> an <now>? alien. <laughs> like, it does sound like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. Okay, we'll try that. Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. Hold on for it. <laughs> oh man. I swear we tested this before we tested it yesterday. And we tested it before today. <laughs> just one of those. It's just been a week, like you said. Yeah. That's why you have your special drink. <laughs> it looks mostly like water, so it's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. I just heard my two year old come down the stairs. Oh. She is not asleep yet. Oh. An alien eating potato chips. That's a pretty good description, Jennifer, of what that sound was. Yep. <laughs> Your phone does that noise all the time? That's so weird. That's weird. Um, <laughs> WTH. <laughs> it's all right. She's coming back. She's coming back. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, but, oh, there was something we can talk about, but I forgot what it was, and I don't know. Um, so, Nora, um, yeah. What do you, uh, do you do anything besides writing or are you just a writer? Right now, I'm just, just a writer, but. No, <laughs> no, right now, right now I'm writing full time okay. and, and parenting full time. So it's not like I'm writing 40 hours a week. I write about 20, I get about 20 hours a week and then, um, but that's as full time as I can be, but I'm not doing any, I used to work for a magazine, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not doing that anything anymore. So, yeah. All right. Amanda has come back. Let's see what, um, oh, her devices are not connected. So, okay. Now it looks like she's connecting. Just give it one second. Let's see how this goes. Hello? Hey, can you Hello? guys hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I can hear you. Awesome. All right, wow. cool. It looks like you're a little bit delayed, but sometimes that evens out um, after a minute. So we'll just go ahead with our questions. Um, so if you are on the Patreon for Pub Talk Live, um, well, sorry, um, we do a post uh, before every episode where you can like submit questions ahead of the time for the guests. And so the first four questions we have today are from um, the Patreon. So this is a question from Patreon supporter Lodestar. Um, in your bookstore, Amanda, how do you select what you will sell in the store? How, how do you select what gets bought? 
Yeah. Um, so I am very lucky because I don't have to do that job um, as like the primary person. My one of my very good, dear friends, Lelia, is our book buyer. Um, and then another one of my um, coworkers, Trish, does our children buying. A lot of it does come from the publishers. So like we have reps for all the big five um, houses and a few smaller folks who work as well, who will have meetings with book buyers and like walk them through what the front list is or the mid list or the back list. Like they'll have sales on back list things sometimes. You know, if we order five copies of something because we can get a good deal um, and get like a bigger discount from the publisher on something. Um, and then sort of beyond that, a lot of it is like ARCs. Like we get tons and tons of advanced reader copies of the store. A concerning amount, honestly, of advanced reader copies sometimes. Um, and so if we read those, like I'll text Lelia, um, be like, hey, I just read this book. Like, we, I know I can hand sell it. Let's carry it. Or like, I had this book that I read as a kid and like, I know it's not new, but I know that I can still sell this. Um, I try not to do that too much because we do want to promote more new stuff and not just like share and preach books for 2003. Um, but there's a couple that like, I feel like each of us has a couple books that like we wouldn't normally stock, but like, I know personally I can sell three copies a year. So we're just going to keep it there and I can sell those three copies of like a weird genre and they don't have otherwise. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So the yeah, next question fun. is, um, also from a Patreon supporter, Jay Lynn, does your store host author readings or, and or book signings and what goes into organizing such an event? Yes, uh, that is a great question, Daylin. We do a ton of those. Um, it's something we pride ourselves on um, because we get a lot of authors to DC and Virginia is very close by. So we can often get authors to do both or, you know, we are like the DC stop for a lot of authors. Um, plus we host a big, um, if you all know the Nova Team Book Festival that's hosted by our store. Not this year, but right. <laughs> normally in years where it happens. Um, so yeah, it's super cool. Um, a lot of it is just like, first off, you either have to, usually either like the publishers will reach out to you and say, we want to do it, or we have to like apply for an author, um, unless you have a personal relationship and then you can kind of skip the middleman there. Um, and a lot of it is promotion. Um, I do a lot on social media, although I will say no matter how much promotion we as a bookstore do, the best promotion is always by the authors because those are the people who are your fans. Um, so we'll get people in the store who like just know the, the bookstore and the author seems interesting, but authors doing the promotion for that, like as much as they can is always the most effective way of getting people there. Um, and then you have to like, you have to guesstimate how many books you're going to sell, um, and how many people you'll have, cause you need to order a certain amount of books and you don't want to end up with a bunch of books that you can't sell because they cost money to return a lot of time. Um, so you sort of play that game and like every now and again, you get a night where you have exactly as many books as people want to buy the books and like my god that is one of the best feelings <laughs> i love it um and then yeah day of you just like try to control the chaos as much as possible and hope for a big turnout um and we we get we get them a lot of the time we've got a really loyal fan base of customers who come out to our events which is great do you have like a special events place in your store or how do you how do you structure your events set up yeah so we're pretty we're a pretty small store in terms of say, I don't know what our square footage is because I have no sense of square footage. Um, but all of our shelving is on wheels. So we just like oh, shove it out of the way and you nice. basically get a huge empty space. Yeah, it works out really well. People come in like before we set up for events. They're like, is there going to be an event here tonight? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> don't worry. I can just kick this shelf to the side and you've got space. So we can fit about like 
80 people-ish oh, in our wow. store for an event. Yeah. And then if it's a bigger event, we have, like, a space next door in an apartment building we rent sometimes. Like, the last time, a couple t- times ago when we had Victoria Schwab, we did it in there because you get, like, okay. two or 300 people in there. Um, and then we also work with the libraries and school local schools for, like, really big authors. Um, once you sort of go over that, like, 150 mark to, like, 500, 800 mark, we tend to use a library or a school for the space. Cool. Yeah, we, um, I work in, in events at a library. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, sometimes um, with local, we'll work with local bookstores. We have a space that can comfortably fit 300 and up to 500 if needed. Nice. And so when we have like a bigger event, um, like we have Kate DiCamillo come in, you know. Um, yeah, I love that you said that though about like, really it's the author promoting the event that has more impact. Mm-hmm. Um, is is something that I have to try to get across gently into a lot of people who want to do events yeah. at the library is um, people don't just come because there's an author event. They come because they care about the author. Um, so right. very few people will just come to whatever author event, you know? Um, yeah, there's always a couple of those, but like, and those aren't people who usually buy books, um, which for us is like, it, it like it'd be great if we have a lot of people there we need a lot of people there who are going to buy the books because that's how we afford like the extra staff for an event and the extra staff time that goes into planning an event yeah yeah um cool okay so we have another question from lodestar and um jay had said where is it lodestar is busy but texting me and he says <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't tune in but we'll watch asap cool so yeah, whenever future load star. I know. Um, Sarah said, or Ebony said, Sarah, your library looks huge. I hope to come visit you in person someday. Yeah, come on down for whenever we have the next Orlando Book Festival. <laughs> um, all right. So another question from Loadstar: How does your store help or support local writers and self-published authors? So I guess that's two questions, really. Yeah, but but it's like he's a semicolon, so it's chill. Um, yeah, I mean a lot. We do a lot of launch events for local authors, um, self-published or otherwise. That's something we really always enjoy doing because like launch events are so much fun. Um, so are other book events. If you have launch events that are not happening um, or canceled, they're all events are great. But like, we, especially if you have like your, their family comes down, and they like people will bring cupcakes and things like that. Um, so we do that. Um, we don't do a lot of like consignment based stuff for self-published authors in our store just because again our space is really small. Um, so we tend to learn more about those authors through events um, or because we've been expanding our romance section in the last couple of years. And, a, you know, you can get some really great self-published up there. So we'll have some stuff there. Um, but yeah, like a lot of it is events and trying to promote people that way. Cause if you have a cool bookstore where you can get people out and also if you can prove to us that you can get people who are, who are going to buy your book, yeah, they'll stock it. You know, it's just, you got to make sure that people come in and buy stuff. Yeah. Um, we actually have like a written policy at the library. We don't do standalone author events unless it's a, a major like award-winning or New York Times bestselling author. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one exception to that is uh, exclusive book launch events. Um, oh, fun. People do come to those because, you know, like even, you know, no matter how popular an author you are, usually you have friends and stuff that come to them. And um, the thing for us is we just don't want to have an author and have like three people show up and then everyone feels bad. And <laughs> Right. No, no one wants that. And it happens no. to everyone. So like, it happens to us. But like, 
the more you can avoid it, the better. Although if there is an author event without many people there, we ask really interesting questions of the author. So yeah. everyone, every author who comes to our store and does an event does get chocolate at the end of it. So no matter what happens, you'll leave with chocolate because we sell yeah. chocolate in our store as well. Oh, so that's pretty oh, helpful. Well. I know, right? Yeah, write that's, down one more page books for your next tour. Right. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah. On the <laughs> other hand, do wine tastings are author events. Oh, like, nice. What? Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've, I've heard quite a bit about your story, and I actually saw um, someone who's working on Everywhere Book Fest works there. Yes, I think I Kelly Meyer. Um, oh, yeah, is that's doing. Right. Yeah, because we had originally, because Novatine got canceled, Novatine was supposed to be March 14th. Um, so we weren't like the first ones to cancel by any means, but we were sort of on the earlier end. Like when we were, when we yeah. had to make the cancellation call, it's wild because like we made the call on the Monday before. And like at the time, it, we were really debating it because like we lost a lot of money in sales from that. It's probably our like one of our top biggest sales days for the bookstore. Um, and so that's a lot of lost profit. And like the even three or four days later, like the idea that we were debating it was like so weird. Um, but yeah, so I, I reached out to Ellen initially about that. And then once things sort of went bad everywhere else, it's like, Kelly, please. Um, yeah. Kelly's amazing. She stepped in as coordinator for Novatine this year and killed it. And um, she is at home and doing amazing stuff for everywhere. So I'm excited to see how that pans out. I'm really excited for Ever Book Fest too. It's, so, yeah. it's gonna be awesome. Okay, so um, we have another question from Jaylin. In a world with Amazon Prime, what do you think are the top three benefits of going to a brick and mortar um, bookshop, preferably small business? Yes, definitely. Um, this is a great question. And I will start off by saying that if you want more information about um, sort of going against Amazon, there's an amazing zine um, by my fellow indie bookseller, Danny Kane at Raven Bookstore in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, he's an amazing human being and he wrote a zine called How to Resist Amazon and Why. Um, and you can order it directly from him. You can order it from Microcosm Publishing. Um, you cannot get it at Amazon because once it started getting buzz, they unavailable. So weird. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a, such a strange thing. It's it's great that they are promoting censorship as well as being like all the other stuff they are. Um, so I'll, I'll like I'll definitely hit some points, but everyone should read that. It costs like four dollars. So and Raven is shipping everywhere in the U.S. for a dollar. So there's no excuse to not like it's like a five dollar <laughs> investment, and you're not buying body out. So you're fine. Um, I mean the biggest thing I always say one well a couple things. One, I think it's something like 75% of money that you spend at any bookstores generally goes right back to the community that you're supporting. So when you're shopping local, your money is staying local. It's supporting your schools and your kids and your friends and yourself and your family, um, and not just going into Jeff Bezos' pocket, which he won't actually use to help coronavirus. Um, so that's one. The second one in terms of like what it benefits you directly is the personal interaction and recommendations from booksellers. Anyone can Google like most popular books and get a bunch of James Patterson, which like God love James Patterson. He's amazing. But you don't need me to tell you to read him. You don't need me to tell you to read Rick Riordan. What I can do is find the debut novels, you know, the books that maybe came out a couple years ago and flew under the radar, the books that you don't know that you want to read yet and put those in your hands. Like I still remember when I was probably like seven or eight years old, um, I went into, there was this cool bookstore where I lived in Miami at the time 
called Murder on Miami Beach, which is a great name for a bookstore. <laughs> um, and it was all mysteries and with a couple of other things thrown in. And I had gone in for the newest Mary Kate and Ashley mystery book. And they did not have it out yet because I was reading them too quickly. Um, and the owner knew me pretty well at that point. She was just like a mile from my house. Said, you know what? I've got something else here. I think you're going to like it. And she put the first Harry Potter book in my hands. Um, and this was like 1998. So it was pretty new in the States. And that like started me on this journey in books that I wouldn't have gotten from the internet. Um, so that sort of personalized experience where we can give you the books you didn't know you needed yet is the number one reason to shop Andy. Cool. Also, it pays my rent. So that's also helpful. <laughs> Look at this space. Do you want me to live on the street? It's not good. I need health insurance. How many books do you think that's you read every year? Oh God. Um, I did. I tra I tracked it last year and I read a hundred. And 10, I think, something like that. Um, and probably a few more that I don't, like, I don't, I read a bunch of cookbooks, like, straight through, because I'm a nerd. Um, and I don't usually track those. And then, like, picture books and stuff like that, too. I'll knock yeah. out a bunch of those. So I go through about 110-ish a year. Um, and then, like, but the, the thing is that because we're a small staff, but we're all really close, like, it's mostly me and a bunch of my best friends working together, which is delightful. We all share recommendations. And so... Yeah. I've read 110 books, but Lelia's read, you know, 100, and my friend Rebecca and all the other booksellers have read, you know, a good amount each or listened to audiobooks, and we pick up the knowledge from each other, too. Right. Cool. It's cool. Jay said, I'm no longer proud of my 45 books per year. Don't, don't <laughs> do that. It's yeah, not a competition. No. Yeah. Um, listen, it's like literally my job to know what the books are. If yeah. I can't, if I don't, and I, I read pretty fast, too which helps like I'm probably on the higher end of a lot of my coworkers. Um, but if, if, if I didn't read the books, I wouldn't be able to do as good of a job. Right. I'd not yeah. get at math. So I don't do much math a year. <laughs> I build few buildings a year. Like <laughs> a few, just a couple. <laughs> I mean, I think I built three buildings last year, which like for an amateur art, like, you know, right, like, right. terrible. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I do, I am good at math, but I still read more books than I do math. So there you go. I but recommend like, it personally. Pretty much any like book related organization I'm like involved in, I, I end up doing all the math in Excel. <laughs> so my degree is in mechanical engineering. So I got, oh, nice. I have a background in it. Um, where are we at? I'm just like, Got a little lost in that. Okay, um, so yeah, so we were talking for the first up, first half of the episode a lot about coronavirus, what's going on in the world and in the yeah. book industry. Um, what is your bookstore doing in relation to that, and and how's it going so far? Yeah, um, a lot <laughs> to both, I think. So we are currently closed to the public. Um, which we were before Virginia decreed that that was the case. Um, we did that as of last Monday night. Um, so we've got about, at most any day, we've got five staffers in the store um, because those are the only people who, it, 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 we've kind of reduced it to the skeleton crew of people who feel comfortable with like some exposure. Obviously we're keeping the best precautions, but like we've got immunocompromised staff members and things like that and older folks and you don't want to have them coming in. Um, so we are doing curbside pickup, um, so people like can order on the phone or online. And then we put their, when they tell us they're here, we put their 
book in a bag on a chair outside, our safety chair. Um, and then they, they close the door very quickly. Unless it's a dog. And then I wave the dog first. And then I close the door very quickly. Um, and they can pick it up from there. And then we're also doing shipping. Um, we ship anywhere. We always have. Because um, we do a lot of, like, pre- like we do all Jody Meadows pre-order campaigns. So we ship, like, all over the world for those, which is fun. Um, and then we're doing home delivery within sort of our city and the city we're next we're like on the border of two small towns so we are we deliver to both of those Hmm. um it's been a lot and it's such a good problem to have that we are very overwhelmed with orders like i yeah that's really yeah it's um like i'm thrilled about it i remind myself three or four times a day that i'm thrilled about it because it's easy to forget when we're there for like nine or ten hour days and just like the phone doesn't stop ringing um so it's good it's a new way of doing business and i think a lot of indie booksellers are sort of feeling the pressure of having to pivot entirely what you do like we don't get to do much book recommending because we you know we were just giving the books people order like we've kind of become a, re- a warehouse more than a retail establishment yeah. um but so we're we're pretty tired you know i probably worked 10 nine or 10 hour days for the last two weeks um oh, wow. but it's such a good problem to have and at this point we're kind of just like we don't know what point we're going to be shut down further than we are so we're just trying to like go through it as much as we can and just get the stuff done and get as many books out to people and people are really grateful that we're there which feels good and helps and on yesterday friday um my best friend called and ordered us a bottle of wine for us to drink after work which was oh that is so nice (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, shout out to Carly. That helped a lot. We like, <laughs> we like, you know, someone lay off at five, at five o'clock. Like, okay, bring right. the rosé. Here we right. go. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great to yeah. hear that you have so many orders that you can't. Like, that's yeah. happening with my local um, bookstore, Malaprops Books in Asheville. It's the same. Um, oh yeah. They're they're also like. I was I went into the store when it was closed to sign like all my pre pre orders and asked yeah. how the business was doing and she said the same thing like we they just have more than they can go through in a day which is awesome and I just hope it continues because like who knows when this is going to end like you yeah. said it's not like right. you can just be like okay it's gone you know it's safe for everyone to come back like yeah right yeah, and shout out to Malaprops because we love them. They're great people oh. as well. Oh my gosh, yeah. they're off. Yes, well, that was <laughs> you were talking about them, and they don't serve wine, but like it sounds, they sounds very similar. Like the store sounds very yes. similar, and, so, and like we all have flaws. So you yeah, know, I mean, if, if not everyone can. Yeah. 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 They're right next to a place of wine. So so you can make it work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We can make it work for sure. We do. Um, So aside from the obvious, um, ordering books for pickup or delivery where where available, what can our people do to help indie bookstores survive this crisis? People in the book industry. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I'll always say to everyone is, Avoid Amazon when you can. Um, I personally haven't ordered anything from them in about two and a half years. Um, it's felt very good. Like there are other places that deliver for for more than just books too. Like the first thing I did was cut out books um, when I started working at an indie store. Actually, I'm, I never really use a book anyway. But like cutting out the other things when you can. Um, the less money that's going towards them, the more it's available for other small businesses, not just bookstores. Um, in terms of bookstores specifically, gift cards are great um because one they give us money now without having to like take 
some of our inventory and it saves us a lot of time in terms of like shipping or getting your book or getting your book in like a lot of the warehouses are currently kind of backed up which yeah. is extremely understandable like no one blames anyone any of those things um but like currently our ingram order we're behind in about two days of that and so i'm expecting probably like 30 boxes of that on monday oh my gosh which is more than i've ever seen from that industry from that um, distributor at once or like we got nine boxes of books from Penguin on friday which like is great but it takes time so gift cards and pre-orders for books that aren't out yet is also a great way to like continue income streams down the line um i got a bunch of um, books like in my staff picks on the one more page website and a couple of those are pre-orders um so okay. those are great things i think i've got um janelle angela's where dreams descend on there uh, yeah. which is gorgeous i'm obsessed with that book and then chanel clayton's um the last train to key west are both like pre-orders on my staff links and those are great ways to just like make sure you have a book further down the line and also i know a lot of people have a long tbr list right now and don't need yeah. to add more books necessarily to it i mean you should but <laughs> oh, pre-orders can help with that yeah <laughs> right i love that yeah. you have pre-orders on your on your staff picks that's awesome yeah well it's hard too because sometimes like we do this thing at the store called omp reads which is just like a few times a week i'll put up a blurb from a staff member with a picture of them like holding the book all cute um right. and like promote the book that way but we read like a year in advance sometimes and so it's like yeah. oh god i've been like i want to talk about this book so badly like but it's hard to sell pre-orders sometimes more than actual books so you can't get it that way so it's nice to be able to like push pre-orders when we can yeah very cool yeah um Jennifer said, I haven't used Amazon for many, many years. And I knew, I, I know Yay. this about her. I know Jen and she like absolutely refuses. Um, I, I have like a rule where I won't order from Amazon unless I've gone to three stores and they don't have what I want. Um, and yeah. the only reason I even order from Amazon is because I still have my X prime account. <laughs> like if nice. he cancels it, I'm, it's not, I'm not going to be ordering from Amazon. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, listen, I'm not trying I definitely want to shame anyone's choices. Yeah. Like we all make the choices we have to make. Um, but uh, Danny, Danny Zine again is great for a lot of that stuff too. Cause like, I didn't know about a lot of things until he talked about them. He's mm. I'm just a great person. I love him. I have like a bookseller crush on him. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A bookseller crush. Yeah. Aww. Have you read um, Rob Hart's The Warehouse? Ooh, no. Oh, you should. Um, so, Rob, I, it was actually one of our first like audiobooks of the week on this show. Um, but it's. Oh, cool. I mean, it's the company's called The Cloud. It's not called Amazon, but it. I mean, it's Amazon. Oh, you know? I I know the book you're talking about now. Yes, I yeah. read it, but yes, yeah. I've heard um, good it's basically, it's like financial economic horror where Amazon is the only retail left in in the country, essentially. Oh. Um, and it's yeah, it's really scary. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, that sounds horrifying. It's like a, a dystopian thriller kind of, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll have to check it out. That, the recommendation always helps. So. <laughs> and the, I mean, the audiobook narrators are great too. So if you want to. Ooh, nice. They have, um, so the, the company is owned by this guy who I think I'm pretty, it's pretty clear that it's modeled after like Sam Walton. He's like an older, mm -hmm. like Southern gentleman kind of person with like traditional like patriarchal values and such. And um, the narrator that does his parts is like so good. Like 
you also hate him, but also like it's just a good performance, <laughs> you know? So Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. So our last question for you is the question that I ask every guest on the show. Um, what is the most important <laughs> there's the big what is the most important book <laughs> you've ever read and why? Okay, so I've been thinking about this. Um, could you give me a little bit of heads up, which helped pass the time while I was sort of nervously staring into space for the first half an hour of the show. Um, and it, it'd be easy to say the Harry Potter series because like this changed my life, but I think everyone probably has heard about them um, at this point. And if not, you've probably chosen not to for a reason. Um, so I, do you guys know the Betsy Tacy series? The what? The Betsy what? Betsy Tacy. Okay, prepare to have your lives changed. <laughs> so, I'm ready. Betsy, yeah. Betsy Tacy, and it's it's two names. So Betsy Dash Tacy, T-A-C-Y, um, is a series of books written by Maud Hard Lovelace that's set in the turn of the century, like early 1900s through sort of the 19-teens um, mm. Minnesota. Um, they're based on Maud's own diaries of her childhood growing up and then published in like the 50s. Um, which makes it sound super weird this year, but they're some of the most delightfully wonderful, cozy feminist books um, I have ever read. They follow Betsy primarily, who's a girl who wants more than anything to be a writer. She's wanted to do that her whole life. Um, and at no point in her life does anyone in her family or friends ever tell her she can't. Um, you know, she's living, it's like, Minis like Minneapolis in like 1910, and her family's like, yes you can do this you want to like her sister wants to be an opera singer they're like great you're gonna succeed in that um and it like follows her family life the first four books are set from her age like five to twelve um and then the four after that are her high school books so a year for each year she's in high school hmm. um and then the next book after that is like her grand tour of europe uh, and then the next one is like it's called Betsy's wedding and it's her wedding and like her married life um leading up to world war one um and just the fact that like one they're just like such a delightful look at like a cozy existence of a family that just really loves each other more than anything and just want to be good people without being saccharine about it like she specifically makes fun of saccharine books in the book like all the like goody two-shoes girls who like go to church all the time and like never do anything wrong and like and so they like are good people but they are they still have fun about it and I'm, like you know you know, have crushes on boys and have family dinners, but also just like want their dreams and aren't ashamed of it. Um, I, when I was studying abroad in college, I recreated her tour of Europe, um, which I was very Hello. lucky to have patient friends with me who did that. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, and then I had a reading from um, Betsy's wedding at my wedding um, a couple of years ago. So it's the sort of book that whenever I tell us try to fill it at the store, I just like talk about it for long enough that I start crying and then people buy it out of pity. Um, <laughs> which That's is a tactic. Yeah. yeah it works. They still buy it and take it home. Um, but they are amazing. Um, I tend to recommend that if you're not like reading with a child, you start with the first book in the high school series, which is Betsy, um, Heavens to Betsy. Um, the earlier books are also great, but like they really kick off when she gets to high school and she like sort of discovers wanting like and dreams sort of beyond like her close um, town there. But yeah, they're amazing. Like I got to a couple of years ago, my husband and I went to Minneapolis and went to Maud Hard Lovelace's house, which is what she based the house and the books on. Um, and like got to see all the little rooms and like the things that were described in the book at like her best friend's house across the street. 
Um, and I just like cried a bunch. It was super chill. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're, and especially I think during, I've been selling a lot of them this last week because I think people want sort of like a cozy escapist right now. Yeah. Um, and they're so, they just wrap you in a warm hug, which Minneapolis generally requires a warm hug. And like they, yes, Betsy Tasty Society is an amazing group of people. Um, like people either, don't know about it or they're obsessed with it like yeah. the Amanda's like I know the books. <laughs> yeah don't even worry about it um, <laughs> like, like, the books as like one of her favorite series um Anna Quinlan did the introduction um Aww. to a bunch of them they're yeah they're great everyone should read them and you could order them at one more page and we'll ship them to you so yeah nice. <laughs> I love so that they've had such a big impact on your life that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that's great that's, that's a great answer yeah. <laughs> okay cool like, well um i want to ask i want to know if nora has one oh. what i didn't <laughs> <laughs> um oh my gosh uh the most i'm not sure if i can say the most impactful on my life um but uh, da, 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 da. the secret garden really um mm. means a lot to me and some of the messages that are in that book and some things that i didn't really understand book. until i was older um yeah. which I think I maybe still like come up in my writing now yeah. too. So. Oh, that was very cool. like, <laughs> I just want you would make the face too. Cause oh, okay. had some I got two faces. This episode. <laughs> Ebony must be so happy right now. Um. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to find yeah, Amanda on guys. Twitter, um, and you can find our website down below in the description. It's there now, so you don't have to wait until later. Um, go ahead and follow her on Twitter. <laughs> Two looks in one night. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> no one can say <laughs> I don't serve looks. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was great chatting with you, Amanda. Yeah. yeah and you guys, too. Yeah. Um, and all right. Well, enjoy your isolations. <laughs> yeah. Right? All right. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Oh, I cut her off when she was saying you too. My bad. Um, all right. So I actually don't have an audiobook of the week because I listen to audiobooks when I drive and I have not been driving anywhere. Um, so yeah, I don't have one. Um, but Nora has one. I do. I do. Yeah. So it is um The Starless Sea by Aaron Morganston. And I am only about halfway through it right now, but it's fabulous. There's multiple narrators and it is just gorgeous writing, first of all. And um, then the, the voice actors are just incredible. Like they really bring the story to life. I will say that I, just to give a heads up because someone gave me a heads up when you're, I think especially when you're listening to it, it takes a little bit, like at first I'm like, what is happening? book like I don't know like because it's it's really you know the story is so cool like the way it kind of dissects like what is a story and what is storytelling and so um it can kind of see like the first couple chapters are kind of they're from all different viewpoints and so it can you know you're a little bit like what is this but if you just like go in with this okay I'm just like someone's just gonna tell me a story like that literally is what I feel like you know, like when you're small and you feel so good because someone's telling you a story and you're in your happy place. That's what it makes me feel like. So I highly recommend it. Awesome. 
I had a similar experience, probably not quite the same, but with um, Monday's Not Coming by oh, Tiffany, yeah. is it Tiffany D. Jackson, I think? Um, and it, because the way it starts, I was like, this, like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what, what is happening? The narrator seems unreliable, but not in like a, a good way, you know? Yeah. And then, and then it turns out there's like, there's a twist, which I won't spoil mm -hmm. for anyone, but um, then it all makes sense. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is genius, you know? Right? Yes. So. It, it always ends up being like master craft, yeah. you know? Did you read um, Lee Bardugo's Ninth House? Yeah. I have not read it yet. No. So I also listened to that as audiobook and loved it. And it's okay. the same, it's the same kind of thing where like in the beginning you're like, what is happening? But it's um it's awesome. Yeah. Jennifer said, I've started the night circus finally, but I'm not getting an audiobook as much as I thought I would. Um, we were oh, actually talking about yes. this right before we went live. Nora said, I think it was you, right? You said you didn't really enjoy the audiobook. No, it was Amanda. Oh, it was Amanda. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah, but I liked the book, but yeah. she had listened to it and, and said she couldn't really get into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am listening to a book and I don't want to spoil it cause it might be next episode's audiobook of the week, but, oh. um, I'm listening to girl gone viral. Hmm. Um, and by Arvin. Oh, I can't remember his last name right now. Um, but uh, I went into this book, not having any clue what it was about. And I thought it was a contemporary, and it, it's not. <laughs> oh, I kind of love that, though. I, I'm, I'm like, still listening. Like, I don't yeah. have a problem with it. But I was just like, what? Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's like a, a near future sci-fi. Arvin Amadi. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda dropped the last name in the comments. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I have, I like, I literally am like two chapters in. So, um, but I'm liking it so far. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to discuss the viewer poll, which I'm excited to see the results. And I need to share my screen, so just give me one second to, like, kind of click over there. Done, maybe, yes. All right, it's coming. Okay, cool. So um, we have, let's see, have you been more productive, less productive, about the same. So 14% said more productive. 67% um, said less productive and about 18% said they have been about the same, which is honestly kind of what I expected. I expected that some people are able to tune out kind of the stress and, and trauma of, of this situation that we're in, um, or some people are using it kind of as a, um, like a coping mechanism, you know, um, but then most people are kind of more um, stressed out. Yeah. I do think uh, it's really important though that we all just kind of give ourselves a break and yeah. you know, think that we have to be the same <laughs> as we were two weeks ago, you know, or three weeks ago. Before yeah. I um Oh, Ebony said I'm listening to one of this is next by Karen McManus. That's good. That's a good one. Good I just audio got book. that book from the library before they closed. Oh yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, whenever this kind of all started and I knew that I would be working from home, I'm still working full time um, from home, but my schedule is a little bit more flexible. Like I don't have to work like 8.30, 5.30 like I have been doing. And so I've been kind of taking longer breaks throughout the day and then working later. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the two things that I wanted to do while all of this is happening 
and I even tweeted about it, was I want to walk 10,000 steps a day and I want to sleep eight hours a night. And that was like, that's, those are my goals. Those are my only goals for this. Um, because I know, like, I have anxiety. I know, like, if I don't focus on my health, um, that's going to be probably the, the first thing to go, you know, which is like a really, really bad thing right yeah. now. Um, so, uh, and, and so I am writing and I'm probably writing more than I have in the past couple of months, but it's mainly because I started a new story recently and it's like caught fire in my brain, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the best feeling. That's great. But I think it's so nice. I was just thinking about that today. Like, it's so great that you just have two goals for yourself, like those concrete things that you can accomplish. And I was just thinking today that I really need to, um, last March, um, so like a full year ago, I did this uh, online course of meditation and and it helped so much, like just like every day, like being like, okay, I'm going to do this really short meditation every day. It helped me so much. I know it did. And I just haven't been doing it. And today I was like, okay, I need to start doing that again. Like I, uh, I need to, like my brain just feels like I'm also, I also have anxiety and um, I don't know with everything that's happening in the world, like my brain is just always like, just feeling yeah. really crazy, you know? And um, yeah, something to ground us is really important right now. Yeah, I, um, I carry my a lot of the stress from anxiety in my body, and so um, like whenever I get really anxious, I actually cause myself like um, muscle tears and stuff because my body gets oh, so yeah, tight. Yeah. Um, and so my shoulders are so so tight right now, and usually I get regular massages to help with it. Yeah. But can't. Uh, I tweeted about it, and someone's like, "Oh, massage would be really helpful for that." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks." Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I know they were trying to be helpful, but I'm just like, ah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I have to keep reminding myself to like drop my shoulders and like release my shoulders. And yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I, I tried to do a couple of yoga classes. And like, I was going to say, do you have any yoga things? That's like one of the things I struggle with so much when I was doing yoga is like, I would just find myself, my whole body would just be like tense. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was trying to do the movements and stuff on this is not, I know this is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, let's see what people are saying. I also, I tweeted that I would have a, a goal about drinking enough water, but I literally just like guzzle water all day. So I don't have to, I never have to worry about drinking enough water. Um, so especially at home <laughs> where I have access to it. Yeah. Um, I yeah. do have to worry about that. Cause I drink a lot of coffee too, to kind of, yeah help me stay awake. Ebony said, I almost went to urgent care this morning. Panic attacks are real. Panic attacks are real. Especially when you're like stuck inside. You can't, you can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know about introverts, but for me, I'm an extrovert and it's just like exceedingly painful not to be around people. Um, But yeah. Uh, let's see who else is. Oh, yeah, even if you feel calm, your body might still be dealing with the stress. That's one thing, especially with me. I'm glad you mentioned it, Jay. Is like on the outside, I always seem very, very calm. I never seem like I'm stressed out. 
And that I and that I think that's why I carry so much stress on my body is because I can't I don't express it very well. So um let's see. All right, everybody's having tension. So <laughs> um find some yoga videos on YouTube. They're really great. Find I really like, I don't know, like I'm 36, but I watch I do the yoga for seniors because like I am yeah. not. I'm not flexible at all and I'm not very strong. And, but so like I can do those and there, and I feel great afterwards. And so if you're having trouble with like the, even the beginner yoga classes, sometimes I'm like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. um, so if you find like the yoga for senior ones, I, I like those. I recommend those. <laughs> yeah. Any kind of, um, they all, there's also like yoga for pain. There's yoga for stress, like even mm -hmm. on like YouTube TV, um, and this sound, might sound kind of silly, but, you know, I have that Yoga Frog book and I'm, I am going to be doing a reading. <laughs> Somebody has asked me to do a reading of nice. it. And like, I have had adults write to me and just be like, I've never done yoga before. And this is like a really nice intro, <laughs> you know, because cool. it's like a place to start. So yeah, check that out too. <laughs> I don't know how we got on this subject, but. <laughs> Stress and COVID. It's COVID's fault. <laughs> Oh, yeah, all conversations are turning there right now. Um, so we have a, a quote of the week and um, longtime viewers of the show know that I chose all of the quotes for a year of, of episodes in October. And some of them have been like weirdly applicable to either the conversations or what's going on. And that um, is again true this week. So it's kind of weird. Um, so the quote for the week is a book must be the ax for the frozen sea within us. Kafka. I love that. I know. And, it, and for a lot of people, I know a lot of people are finding solace in books right now. So um, I just thought that was really cool that we have that, uh, that comment, what came up this week. If you did all of those at one time, where were you finding all your quotes? Like, did you have quotes, quotes collected already or were you... Um, yeah, I have some quotes because I, I did write an article for Book Riot of like book and library related co quotes. Okay. So I had some um, and then I just kind of went to websites about yeah. book quotes and um, I had a limit of like they have to fit in an an old tweet of 140 characters. Okay. Um, because then they don't show up on the screen very well, <laughs> very right. longer. Um, yeah. And, and then I just put them in an Excel document. Cause I, I was going to say, did you do Excel for that? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I do Excel. My entire life is in Excel. So, okay. Um, uh, pitch wars on the, uh, on the board, the committee, like everyone knows, like my, my, my line is like, Oh, I can do an Excel sheet for that. <laughs> nice. That's amazing. You're the person that everyone wants on their team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So that's pretty much it. Um, Nora, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so uh, much for having me, Sarah. It was great. Ken, so we have your information in the description, your website and your social media and stuff. But The Edge of Anything came out on Tuesday. Do you want to just tell us real quick what that book is about? Yeah, sure. So it's um, it's a contemporary YA and it tells the dual narrative of Sage and Len. Um, Len is an outcast teen photographer and um, she believes that she's slowly losing her mind and Sage is a popular volleyball star and she has a devastating secret. And um, the story is about the unexpected friendship that saves them both. Oh, cool. And it has um, strong mental health themes. Mm. Um, 
yeah and volleyball <laughs> yes love volleyball yeah all right um Ebony, thank you guys this was so this was much needed pubbers for life <laughs> love you guys so much <laughs> um all right so i'm gonna say good night to nora and i'm gonna close out the show and um thank you so much nora for joining us have a good night yeah bye all right, so if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss another episode and tell your friends. That's how people find out about things like this. Um, you can subscribe in the email. Uh, you can subscribe via email down below in the description down below. And the Patreon is in the description down below. Thank you so much to my Patreon supporters. You mean so much to me and you keep me going every week, even when it's tough to get going. <laughs> so thank you so much for um, all your support and, and you know, just being there. Um, the social media for the guests in the description. Thank you so much for listening to this pre-recorded episode of Pub Talk Live. To find out more about the show and find out how you can watch live, go to pubtalk.live. Thank you so much to my Patreon podcast sponsors, Brenda Drake, Jay Lynn, and Reframe.